0: Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee and we are so happy that you joined us for episode 14 and um, we are here um, for the first time after having our last two guests on and that was really exciting and um, I think Renee and I are going to start off by talking about that for a little bit and then of course we have to Um, acknowledge that this is a very unfortunate anniversary this is the fourth anniversary of missy beaver's murder
1: oh my gosh it's i'm just so shocked that we're at the four-year mark and we say that every year you know that we're shocked that we're at the you know that has passed and and nothing has happened i'm just so sad
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, we've harped on this on every episode, but we really don't know what's going on in the case. We've had little to no communication from MPD in years at this point. And, um, it's just, uh, it's difficult to be a follower of this case and someone who's concerned about Missy and her family when you don't know what's going on. Um, but we're doing our best. That's why we order the search warrants. That's why we stay on top of this and talk to people all the time and see if we can glean any information about this case, because we know there are many, many people out there that feel exactly the same way we do, and they want to see justice. And one of the ways that we're trying to bring good content on this topic is to have guests on, and we have the huge, huge honor of having two heavy hitters on in a row. We had Joseph Scott Morgan on, and then... Our very last episode prior to this, when we had John Kelly on and they were just fantastic guests, fascinating, so wonderful to even have a guest, but we really started off strong. We coming out of the gates with those two guys. Right. We, Renee? That was fun. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for <laughs> setting that up. Renee's actually the one that set that up. And actually one of our awesome, awesome listeners, his name is Dale. He suggested that we reach out to John Kelly. So that was a cool, really cool suggestion that worked out great.
1: It really did. I'm so glad he suggested it. And it kind of, you know, put us on the right track of, you know, kind of like some more ideas on, you know, different people to talk to, to get more insight and, you know, things like that, that maybe we didn't have before because of their, you know, expertise, and knowledge in the field that they're in.
0: Well, yes. And I'm sure people are pretty sick of hearing us saying the same things over and over at that point. <laughs> we had done so many episodes together, which is great, but that was a wonderful, you know, it was time for a change and that worked out really well. And I think that what did you learn from? Um, I guess we should start with Joseph Scott Morgan since he was on first. What were some of the highlights for you? And then I'll tell mine.
1: Um, well, you know the the fact of Joseph Joseph Scott Morgan was the one that we did first, and um, I think we did that because I'm trying to remember why we because it kind of they we scheduled them kind of in the opposite, but. Joseph Scott Morgan is a death investigator and he's a um, forensics um, specialist. Uh, And, you know, he he was very helpful in a lot of different ways. I mean, he talked about um, different things to look for in in people that, um, you know, would possibly be the type of person that would be able to commit this type of crime. Um, I felt I felt like that was really really interesting, and then on the forensic side, of, you know, we talked about you know DNA, and he explained the DNA to us really well. Do you remember that? Um, he talked about the um, the DNA and and how what kind of broke down the the um, terminology that the police used, yes. which was mixed and. Um, Partial sample, so that was very interesting and that was very helpful because it kind of gave us an idea of what you know it could be. But but at the same time, that there there could be a possibility in the very near future that that small partial mixed sample could be all they need.
0: Yeah, and he talked about touch DNA, and he obviously knows a heck of a lot more about that stuff than we do. And you know, something else that I thought was really really cool that I wasn't expecting him to share and it really meant a lot to me is he was talking about how um, when he was doing these autopsies and he was doing these death investigations and he was working on cases, he said, sometimes he would just sob thinking that I don't really have anything for these families. And that just really was insightful because I tend to think of those types of people and I shouldn't, but I, I picture guys like in lab coats and they're just there doing their scientific stuff, you know, and to think that they're actually getting emotionally involved and they actually are feeling for these um, victims the same way that we are. It really hit home for me. And I can only imagine keeping that in mind, what a difficult job that would be and what a toll it would take on you. Not just seeing dead bodies that have been killed, um, all the time, but you're also thinking about the families, and you really, really want to get answers for those family members who lost their loved one. It's just I can only imagine the toll that would take, and just feeling the world's weight on your shoulders because you want to do the right thing and you want to help them. And so many cases go unsolved. So many murderers don't face justice. And I can only imagine um, how that must feel for those people, work those men and women working in that position.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I know it is is something to think about. You know, we, we tend to think that they just, you know, kind of do their job and, and go on with things, but that's not the case at all, you know, and it and it really um hits home to know that they you know, that they not only are doing their job, but it, it actually means something to them. Would they Yeah, really help with, I know. never. Yeah, I never
0: thought. Of, I always think of maybe police officers and investigators, detectives, those types of people getting emotionally involved. But it never really occurred to me that the people working the science aspect of it would get involved like that. And I just thought that was really neat that that he would share that with us too. He was so personable, and Mr. Morgan was just so down to earth. He had so many funny expressions. You know, he's from Alabama. I mm-hmm. had had love the way he talked. It was really fun and entertaining. And like you said, Renee, I bet he's a fantastic professor. You know, he's a current yeah. college professor for our listeners. If our listeners did not hear the Joseph Scott Morgan episode, it was two episodes back. It is phenomenal. He just is such a good speaker and so engaging. And the content was fantastic. So I can't recommend that episode enough. It was lots of fun.
1: And he said a lot yeah. of funny things, too. He did his bubblegum, chewed up bubble gum. <laughs> so hilarious. He, bumblegum. You know, the thing that uh, about it, you know, that I, I found was, and the reason I said that about him being, um, you know, that way, to, being a really good professor was because, you know, I've taken plenty and I'm sure you have too. Are you there? I'm here. Oh, I thought I lost you. I'm, I'm sure you have too. Um, I'm taking plenty of classes that you're just literally falling asleep and, you know, and he's, he's teaching something or, or telling us about things that we're literally just, I'm sure way above our heads, but he, he made it interesting. You know, he made me. Like-
0: well, hello. Sorry about that. We're back. We, we, yeah. have had, we lost our connection there, but okay, Renee, go ahead and continue what you were saying about, you were saying, uh, you were explaining how you think that Mr. Morgan's an awesome um, lecturer at college.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's a really good one because I've taken many classes. I'm sure you've done the same that, you know, some people are just, they put you straight to sleep and everything he was telling us was, you know, way above our heads, I'm sure, but very interesting. And I learned a few things just from the little bit of conversation we had with him. So I just, I just bet his students just love him, (laughs) you know?
0: Oh yeah. That's a class you look forward to every day.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then of course, you know, he, he did a segment with um, Miss um, Nancy Grace about the Missy Beavers case. So he, uh, he had previously had an interest in her case, you know, already. So it was really nice of him to come on and talk to us, you know, about it and give us his insight. That was fantastic. And then our next guest
0: the following week was John Kelly. He's a criminal profiler. He has a YouTube channel called john kelly profiler and it is really good if you haven't watched it he is going really taking a deep dive like we are with the missing beavers case he's doing a really deep dive into the delphi murders if you're not familiar with that it's a small town in indiana where um, there was a perpetrator caught on a little bit of one of the victim's cell phones that they were able to recover but unfortunately um two young girls were murdered and that is unsolved. But anyway, Mr. Kelly has a really good YouTube series on that case. And he's been a criminal profiler for a long time. And he is, um, his background is in psychology's clinical, he's a psychotherapist. And um, what, what would you say, Renee, were the high points for you from
1: Mr. Kelly being on? Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed hearing him talk about um, the different um, things that would be you know, like the, the person that would more than likely be the the type of person that had pulled off this murder. Um I I enjoyed hearing him, you know, it's like he's a profiler and it just knowing the type of person that does something, you know what I'm saying? Like to be able to pinpoint it, it just amazes me. You know, and you can tell him and um I guess he worked with several other uh, profilers investigators that type of thing and they have this um it's it's a webpage and it's called stalk and i meant to talk about that but we we were so deep into what we were talking about we never had a chance but he has a uh, website called stalk and a system to apprehend lethal killers how oh, cool yeah and i thought that was really neat we didn't really get to talk about that but but overall i enjoyed his uh our our uh, having him on as a guest he was he was very insightful. He had a lot of good um ideas on the type of person this would be. And I don't know. I just I enjoyed it overall. He was very personable. He was friendly. And it's really nice to have people like that, you know, that you don't feel um, you know what I'm saying, nervous to talk to. Yes, he was also extremely
0: personable and a lot of fun to talk to. Just fun. And- Yeah, he was very humble, too, just like uh, Mr. Morgan. And I really got a lot out of that conversation as well. And um, I like that um, sort of toward the end, uh, Mr. Kelly talked about, you know, the types of people if this, you know, of course, we don't know who killed Missy, but just sort of bouncing around different theories using his expertise and profiling. You know, when we kind of um, went down the path of talking about people who attack women and maybe have problems with women he was very insightful of course in that area and I thought it was really interesting that he brought out how some uh, men that do have that issue with women that rejection whether not necessarily in this case because we don't know yet but how rejection can sort of slip a switch in certain men's Um, obviously unstable men's minds to where they will do something this drastic to a woman. It's just, it's really unbelievable to think that could happen. But unfortunately those people are out there. Um, We've seen proof of it. You know, I think on what the extreme would be like the um, would be a Ted Bundy type. Um, But yeah, I found that to be really insightful because I had brought up different theories and rumors that we've heard around town um, and I said, you know, one theory um, was that it was rejection. And I made the comment that seems like a pretty extreme reaction to being rejected. And he stopped me and said, not really, you know, that that there's a certain type of a profile of a person the murderer, that rejection can trigger some violence, this extreme violence. So I really walked away with a lot of interesting information from both of those gentlemen, and I just could not be happier that they came on. It was just this thrill and an honor. So, and they each said that they would be happy to come back again sometime. So maybe after we get some progress in this case, if any information comes out, they can come back on or maybe in a few months even if nothing's changed maybe we can you know have them back on so that was a lot of fun
1: yeah they did say both of them i believe that they would definitely come back and um i believe john kelly said he's going to talk to um some of his um uh, his team team about coming on or not really coming on but talking to them about it and seeing what we could you know get together on so that would be really good um and i know he's he's really deep right now his channel
0: is covering the delphi murders but i think that would be amazing if he would tackle the missy beavers case at some point he's definitely intrigued by the case and i have a feeling that he will feature this case at some point and that would just be a, a delight so yeah. I mean, um and that could only that would really help he has a lot of viewers on his youtube channel so that would really really helped uh, raise the profile of the Missy Beavers case even more, which is all we care about. That's what we're here for.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. you know, it's, it's, I think that, I think one of the reasons why this case is so intriguing to people, um, and I'm I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but I'm just, you know, voicing my opinion, but I really feel like it's, be- you know, because we have the person on video and it just drives you crazy because you just feel like there's got to be something there that will lead to the killer. You know, and, oh. and I, I, I believe that there is something. I mean, there's absolutely something that we are missing or not seeing or not recognizing or whatever. But, you know, it's just amazing that. You, yeah. You, video. I mean, it just blows yeah, your, you, your mind. Sorry. Yeah. You bring up a really interesting
0: point talking about this perpetrator dancing around on camera all that time. And it, it reminds me of when Tim contacted us last night. Was that last night or the night before? I'm losing track of time. I believe. Um, in cor- yeah, quarantine days are different than regular days. Um, but yeah, I I remember Tim saying, hey, I'm, um, I'm listening to this live thing. And we jumped on it. And it was, I don't know if our listeners are familiar with Armchair Detective. Um, is he Australian, Renee?
1: I I believe so. He doesn't. Okay. He Sounds more like he's um. I I believe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Armchair Detective is a YouTube channel you might want to check out. And last night they did a live stream, but of course it's available now to watch. It's like two hours long. The first half is about the Delphi case that we already talked about tonight, um, out in Indiana, and then the second half was at the Missy Beavers case, and they had a really good gate. Um, expert on there doing gait analysis and you know renee you brought up a really interesting point we've got this video i'm pretty sure they've got some i mean surely law enforcement has gotten some kind of either gait analysis software involved some kind of gait experts beyond dr Nuremberg, the forensic podiatrist um, the guy that was on um, armchair detective doing the gait analysis was fantastic by the way His name is Barry Wise, and I hope to see more of him in the future. Um, He would be a great asset to the Missy Beavers case with the gate being such a big part of it. But you bring up an excellent point. We've got this person on camera, and I, I cannot tell you how many people said this at the beginning, and I was one of them, is you see the perpetrator on camera, and the news people would say, well, they have 28 minutes of footage or whatever. You're thinking, oh, there's no way this won't get solved. I mean... I just remember thinking, "Oh, he's on camera." I mean, yeah, the person's covered up, but that'll get solved. And here we are, four years later, it is not solved. But, um, but yeah, you bring up a great point. You, we've that's a frustrating aspect of this case. We have the person on camera, all different angles, walking all over the place with a very distinct little limp and some um out turn of the feet and some hunched shoulders and a protruding head i mean this isn't everybody in the world now a lot of people do walk with a funny gait that because you know we we commented on that renee all of us have like suddenly the whole world walks like the perpetrator right right um but uh, you know to the trained eye to people who know what they're doing unlike myself there's massive differences. And I thought one thing that Barry wise did that was really entertaining and really interesting is he was able to point out really specific and technical reasons why he did not think that was Randy Beavers. And, you know, we've had so many people over the years say that that looks just like Randy Beavers in the video. So it was really cool to hear an expert say, you know what, here's, couple of reasons and they were technical reasons and I'm not going to try to repeat them here. I would cuz I don't know. I don't remember exactly the way he worded it, but it was good and it was technical and it's stuff that I don't have any training in. But for our listeners who want to watch Armchair Detective, that was a fantastic episode and like I said, I hope that we see more of uh, Barry Wise, but what was his expertise um, again? He is apparently a physical therapist. Um he had mentioned Now I didn't hear his um intro you know by the time tim emailed us and told us to jump on it was in progress so i didn't hear him get introduced yeah, I didn't um but yeah i need to go back and watch that part come to think of it i should have done that now that you mention it but um <laughs> he um apparently is a physical therapist he has a lot of, he has a lot of medical knowledge you can tell um he does some personal training but he definitely has Uh, more training than would be necessary to be a personal trainer. So um, I think Tim is right. I think he's probably a physical therapist. He was talking in the armchair detective episode last night about how he does help people with their gait and help people. It sounded like, it sounded exactly like when I went to physical therapy after I had the third baby, when one hip was higher than the other, he said he talked, he work helps people work on their gait and getting it back to their normal gait when something is off. And so that's, that's what a physical therapist does. So I believe that's his training and his expertise. And I know that physical therapists um, are one of the few non-medical doctors that MDs actually take seriously because my mom went to my physical therapist for her knee and the, her MD was waiting to hear the physical therapist's analysis of you know, how to move forward, which I thought was interesting because usually medical doctors only listen to other medical doctors. So I was impressed with that. So, um, yeah. So anyway, Barry Wise was fantastic and, and also a very engaging and interesting speaker as well as having technical, um, information. So that was a really, that was a good show. Highly recommend that we'll give Armchair Detective a huge shout out. And it was a huge surprise, but Um, The armchair detective host had had um, Tim on recently. Remember when we watched that together? Yes. And um, he all of a sudden saw Tim, you know how in those live chats, everyone's chatting and commenting and Tim popped on and started commenting. I was waiting to see you comment. I never saw you come on, but I saw Tim pop on. Mm -hmm. And Tim, apparently the host of armchair detective saw Tim commenting. And he said we're going to send you a link to have you join in on the conversation. So it was totally impromptu, but Tim ended up coming on and was able to talk to Barry and ask him a couple of questions. So that was kind of you fun. know it
1: was crazy because he um, we were he was trying to help me. Tim was trying to help me figure out um, uh, how to do a YouTube thing, and um, and he stumbled across the video or the live um, on YouTube while he was looking for uh, something to send me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Same thing happened to me, but I didn't realize what was happening. I kind of had it in the background. So I missed all of pretty much everything when it was happening. I kind of found it at the end, but I didn't get to see the whole thing. I did see, I did. I remember hearing a few things that he said, like he said, he's 30% sure. I forgot. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it again because I missed it. the, The entire thing. So um, I'll, I'll definitely have to do that. Yeah it,
0: it, yeah, it was really good. He was a very engaging guest, and that's that was a really good find. I don't know where Armchair Detective found Barry Wise, how they got connected, but that was a good program. And um, so yeah, so here we are at the four-year anniversary. We definitely wanted to do an episode not only to recap the wonderful guests that we had on our last two episodes, but we also really just want to acknowledge. Um, Missy's life and um, and let her and her fa- let her family know. and her friends know that we're still out here doing it. We're still working. We're still hoping to find someone who can bring enough attention to this case to maybe get something done. If anyone out there listening happens to be a private investigator or happens to um, have access to some kind of technology you think would help in this case, please don't hesitate to contact Midlothian police. Um, I know that Dr. Nirenberg, the forensic podiatrist that worked on this case, um, we read that he contacted them. He reached out to NPD. He is a podiatrist in Indiana. So, you know, you don't have to be local necessarily to help out on aspects of the case. So I I just really hope that, you know, we're at the four-year mark and I hope that just going forward somehow, some way, our podcast efforts can maybe make some kind of a difference here. Um, What do you think, Renee? What do you think our goals for the next year should be? Oh,
1: absolutely. You know, I know that some of the thinking that I've I've been um, on is like, looking for a retired homicide detective, um, you know, anything like that, any, any person, perfect, you know, somebody that's retired from that field, we would like to maybe have on our podcast because we want to continue getting um, other insight, other information, other thoughts, other opinions um, on this case. And definitely somebody who has been in that field would definitely be a, you know, good person to have on the podcast, because I think the more insight we get into this, into Not only into this case, but the type of person that could do this. Um, I mean, just anything that we can learn from other people's point of view, I think is going to be nothing but beneficial. So if anybody knows right. somebody in those fields, please let us know, you know, message us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you're, you know, you're... Um, preference in social media is and we're on all of them and just let us know what you know someone that you might know that'll be in those fields that would be interested in doing the podcast because I think it would it really does help it helps all of us, you know learning more into the case And,
0: and something else I like about having on a retired investigator would be that they could also maybe provide us some insight into how law enforcement works you know um Joseph Scott Morgan really helped me with this. I meant to mention this when we were talking about him, he said, you know, law enforcement isn't going to release stuff. They're working on it. He, he was reassuring us that this is a very much an active case. Mm -hmm. You know, it's tempting for those of us in the public to look at the situation and say, it just must be cold, you know, but he was saying that from his point of view, having worked inside countless cases that this is how it looks from the outside. It's just quiet. They could make an arrest tomorrow. Right. So that's kind, of, that's kind of exciting to hear that it's not necessarily gloom and doom, the fact that we haven't heard anything in so long. That's just how a lot of departments choose to operate, especially if they have some kind of sensitive stuff going on that they don't want the public speculating on or blabbing about. And that also kind of makes me feel torn because I want to talk about certain things on the podcast, but I also... I don't want to be the idiot that ruins it for law enforcement. Not that I have that power, but you know what I mean? I just don't want to be the one that blabs something that they really don't want people talking about. That's really been, you know, you and I have discussed this a lot over the years. We really don't want to be that person, but gosh, you know, after so much time passes, it's hard not to be. Um, But I think we're going to have to control that somehow, some way, and still get our information out, you know, walk that fine line. Um, you never did it? because we go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say we might come across information in our digging and looking at search warrants and this, that and the other and talking to people. And it might not be the best idea to broadcast all that stuff. You know, I really I'm really torn because I want to. And I'm not saying we have information we're holding back. I'm certainly not saying yeah. that, but I'm just saying that everyone every once in a while we'll dig something up and go, I don't know if we should
1: talk about <laughs> well, that. But I mean,
0: we but hey, just for our listeners, we usually do. So <laughs> we usually really? do. So well you know. and I and mean, then I haven't really I haven't missed anything. Right.
1: Yet. What'd you say?
0: I just said they haven't really missed anything I, I yet did. because we do after
1: it, I said, Yeah. We I thought I missed something that you said. I thought I misunderstood you. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, I just said we haven't, the, our listeners haven't missed anything because we usually oh, do lab it. Yeah, Aladdin, yeah we do.
1: <laughs> um, Well, the one thing, another thing that I wanted to mention um, that Joseph Scott Morgan uh, touched on, um, and I think you were the one that asked the question um, about, I'm sorry, I'll, you know how it is, I lost my train of thought, um, oh, oh, about, you know, how they, they work the case and and why why we think it hasn't been solved. And he said that he thinks it's, typically, and he wasn't speaking specifically to MPD. He was talking about a lot of unsolved cases in general, but he said he thinks it's just laziness. And what he meant by that, I don't think he really meant it as derogatory. What he meant by that was, is that a lot of police departments, you know, they, we have so much technology these days that they tend to think, oh, well, we're just going to, you know, they're going to get back with us and they're going to test the DNA and they're going to do this and they're going to do this and it's just going to be solved. So they just kind of sit back Mm -hmm. and wait for all this information to come to them. And then when it doesn't, you know, they're just kind of like, oh, well, what do we do? And, you know, the thing is, is that a lot of things that solves these cases is just flat out going out and doing the, you know, the footwork of going out and speaking to the people that were closest to, you know, whatever case it is we're talking about. But in the Missy Beaver case, you know, friends and family, you know, camp gladiator participants, maybe some people that she was connected to and thrive um, you know, neighbors. I mean, whoever it's that type of footwork and that type of, you know, going back and, and starting it, the, the, you know what I'm saying in the beginning, like it, you know, should have been done in the beginning to get some of the answers that they're going to need to possibly solve the case. Because if you notice on Cole's Co- case, um, what is her name? Is it Kelly Siegler? I forget her name. I'm not sure, but anyway, she—that's exactly what she does. She goes to these, you know, these people. I guess they send in, you know, their uh, loved one was murdered, you know, 25 years ago, and it's it's a cold case, and they want her or her team, her and her team, to come and you know try and solve their murder. And that's exactly what she does. She goes in, and they, you know, go meet somewhere, and they literally start on a dry erase board, writing down, okay, who were the suspects in this case in the beginning? Okay, who was her best friend? Who was, you know, his you know, wife, did he have an ex-wife? Did he have a, you know what I'm saying? They just kind of cover all the bases and they literally start over. And that's how they get these cases solved. So I I really found it interesting that he touched on that because it makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, of course it does. And um, I think that, you know, I don't, it's really interesting. I I know we all have waffled back and forth on what phase of the investigation we think that MPD is Mm -hmm. in. I mean, I think that, I think they started close and worked their way out, you know, like you're supposed to and eliminated people based on whatever data um, that was available and that they found and search warrants and worked and worked and worked and then sort of fanned out and followed leads. And I mean, I really feel like they've done everything. I don't really feel like when you said 25 years, that made me cringe because I certainly hope that Missy's family doesn't have to wait 25 years for justice, but. It could be. We don't know. We just don't know what's going on. But but, um, you know, I'm hoping that they are inching toward an arrest. Um, I really, really do. But um, it's impossible to know what phase they're at. You know, it's such, you know, four years ago, they started off just working and working and working on this case. And we thought we were following it. We thought we knew what was going on. And then they just stopped informing us at some point. And it's tempting to think that they stopped informing us because they stopped working on it. And I really don't think that's the case, especially after talking to John, uh, Joseph Scott Morgan in particular. He, he really made me realize that things are happening. And I could be totally wrong. I know that one of our friends that we talk to a lot, our mutual friend, thinks that they're not doing anything and it's cold. And that's cool. That's not a bad theory either. So we simply don't know. The lack of communication has driven us all crazy. I think there's a lot of people in the public that agree with us that, you know, we'd like to hear any kind of an update. They could at least say, hey, remember how we told you to look for a Nissan Altima? We figured that out. Don't worry. You can stop doing that. Or they could tell us at least that they have their eye on a suspect. We know that we haven't you know communicated with the public so we want to assure you that you're safe because we are we do have someone under surveillance and we don't believe they'll strike again that kind of information they don't have to give away anything about the investigation just to fill us in a little bit so that part is frustrating i wish they would open up just a tiny little bitty bit
1: no i totally agree with you you know and the thing about it is is that a cold case is um it's a case that it, it's still open, but it's just one that they're looking for new evidence. So I think that people think that a cold case is one that, that police aren't working on. But if they really don't have any new evidence, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's kind of confusing. So it kind of seems derogatory towards the police department because it's like, oh, it's a cold case because they're not working on it. It doesn't really mean that they're not working on it. It just means that there's not any new evidence for them to you know, really delve into And that's why I just, it's interesting what he said. I think that, I think, I think personally that they should just, you know, kind of start over, you know, and I don't know, I don't know the, obviously I don't work for the police department. So I don't really know the rules. I don't know if it's something that they can just do, or if they just have to keep going from where they're at, but that was just my thoughts on it. But I, I do think that it gets confused. A lot of people just think it's a cold case means that they're just not working on it at all, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good point. Um, But, yeah, so we, you know, once again, we don't know what's going on in the case, and we do wish the NPD would speak up just a little bit without giving anything away, Um, but that hasn't happened, and, you know, you know what's interesting, Renee, is um, we are um, recording this the night before, we tend to record in the evening, fairly late, and it's the night before Missy's four-year anniversary is tomorrow, am I Correct. Correct. So I'm really surprised that we haven't seen anything yet. I guess the coronavirus has kind of taken over and we had um, our governor of Texas spoke today on kind of what the game plan is for a lot of stuff. So maybe that kind of stuff took precedent in the media and, MPD was able to sort of step back which they've been preferring to do lately anyway so I don't know um, if there's what do you think do you think we're going to see any kind of a splash in the media tomorrow for the anniversary you know it's
1: a weird it's, it's hard to say but you know in the past they somebody has always done something uh, even if it was just a repeat a recap whatever you want to call it so you would think and, and normally uh, several uh, news stations would normally do it A couple days before i guess so they could be the first one you know i don't know what their reasoning is but we haven't like you said heard from anyone i haven't seen anything i haven't seen any news articles so maybe not
0: yeah it's it's quiet so far and we usually do hear something the night before you know the day before so i'm kind of surprised but then again like we said this is an unusual um this isn't your normal uh you know, April, Right, we're under, we're having the pandemic, which
1: we've never seen in our lifetime. So
0: that could be affecting the way they're going to react to her anniversary. I I guess that's a
1: good thing about what we do is it doesn't keep us from doing it It actually gives us more time to do it. We've had probably more time to focus on this than we probably ever had before because we have been unable to work like we normally do. So that has, you know, kept us, you know, being able to put more, you know, time and energy into this than we would normally have, which I guess has been, you know, obviously good, gave us something to do, gave us a purpose, you know. So. Yeah,
0: it's pretty wild. Um, oh, so with that being said, we've actually had a few viewers and viewers, I mean, listeners ask us what we do for a living. Do you want to you want to tell everybody real quick what you do and I'll tell. What yeah, I do. it's kind
1: of interesting. Me and me and Crystal, um, we have a lot of stuff in common. We're both um, multitaskers and the kind of people that are constantly me and her will be running around, you know, grabbing food for the family, you know, doing all this stuff. So we're both <laughs> multifaceted, I guess you could say but um, yeah I actually have a small business Um, I have a small business called Southern Comfort and More and we sell uh, sheets and bedding things like that we travel all over Texas and Oklahoma with our bedding and um, sell them. So it's kind of a different type of business. It's not one where customers come to us, but we come to the customer. So it's kind of interesting. It's a lot of fun. We, we get to travel. Um, so that always makes it nice. So you're not sitting at home all the time. You know, our kids are grown, so we don't have to, you know, be here 24 um, seven. So we can't, we enjoy that. Um, of course my husband, he has a, a different full-time job. He's a foreman at a, a company. So. Uh, we were doing it together, but I think it's not really the best idea to to work with your husband all the time where you're together 24-7, so we made that <laughs> change. I also have a, a beauty license, and I don't currently do hair, but I do have a license. Um, that's kind of um, it's something I've always been interested in. And I, I, ever since I was very young, I don't know why I didn't take it in high school. It would have been the easiest thing to do or the best choice, but I didn't. And so I waited until I was in my 40s with my license. And I just found working with women in the beauty industry is a little more difficult than I had anticipated because I seem, you know, I'm pretty going. And so I just, I chose to keep it though. So I do keep my license up. I just don't do it. So anyway, that's what I do it in. A-
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I didn't mean to turn this into an infomercial about Renee and me, but I did want to let our listeners know because we do get that question every now and then. And I thought, you know what, we really haven't introduced ourselves very well. So yes, if you want to check out Renee's company, it's really cool. It's called Southern Comfort and More. She is on Facebook. So look her up and you can order stuff. I actually... I'm not just a co-host. I'm also a That's customer. Right. <laughs> I'm also a client. I sound like that guy for the old commercial. No, but I mean, I'm, I, uh, I have purchased things from her, a pillow, some sheets, and it's all really high quality and good prices. I think you'll be happy if you check her out. And then what I, what I do is a little less interesting and a little no, more straightforward. i simp- do a great I'm, job. I, oh, thanks. You're <laughs> sweet. I am simply a residential real estate agent, a realtor, if you will. And I do leases and, um, I list homes and I also work with buyers. So if anyone's um, wanting to lease or purchase a home in the Dallas area, give me a call. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's what Renee can and you, I do. We really um, love Facebook our page? jobs. Oh yeah. I have a Facebook page. It's called Lawson real crystal Lawson comma Lawson realty group.
1: So, <laughs> I think that's Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> uh, she's being so she's being so modest. Um, she does a great job. I I've seen you sell several houses, and you're so good with your customers. And she just like really works so hard for people. Of course, that's just your personality. You're you're a, a great person, and you uh. do a great job. So I can't wait till I get an opportunity to buy a house, and you know I have my own my own personal friend slash real estate agent. <laughs>
0: Aw, thank you. That's You're so welcome. sweet. And then you what? And then you know what's really cool is you can fill it up with all seven right. more stuff. So it's like a little, right. I love yep. it. Well, thank you. That's a really, really sweet compliment. I love my clients, and I I do enjoy working really hard for them and getting results. So okay, enough of our infomercial. Um, <laughs> let's see what else. Uh, oh, you know what? Here's another question that we get, and then we'll go back to Missy. But another question we get is how did we come up with the name for our podcast Ooh, yeah. and this was really funny because Renee we didn't know what to call it and we were just bouncing idea around and then Renee was smart she always comes up with these ways to research stuff so she had a list that she found somehow of ideas for podcasts how did you get
1: that list i the good old old google there was there's actually a website that gives you an um they help you with business names or podcast names or whatever it is that you're trying to do and so i found the the app the app and so i plugged in different things on there and it came up with a list and then i read you the list and then you can go ahead and tell the rest
0: okay yeah so that was funny so Renee is just reading off all these names and we're kind of commenting on him. Hmm. That's okay. Huh? I don't know. I don't know. And so then you got, you said you rattled off one after the other and you go true crime broadcast. And I just went, what about true crime broads? <laughs> and that just, that just tickled yeah, us. So we just took, we took the cat, we took the cast off of broadcast and We, we actually bounced around some other names, but we kept coming back to that one because it kind of made us laugh and, and you know, You know, my husband was saying it's kind of like, you know, those old gumshoe detective shows. They would refer to women as broad. So it's kind of like that old fashioned, like a 1940s detective movie (laughs) kind of vibe to it. So, (laughs) which I wasn't even thinking of that angle, but sure, I was, yeah, that'll work. So that's just kind of where we got the name. So thank you guys. You guys are so sweet to even care about us. And thanks for asking those questions. Yeah. And, um, you know, and the only reason that we met was because of Missy Beavers. We mentioned that on the first. Uh, episode and I just know that she would be so happy that that happened and that she would be proud of that legacy that she has left behind that she actually has brought together a lot of people a lot of people have done fun runs in her name they've done there's just been so much um, obviously it would be way better if she was alive and well with her family but you know at least there have been some good that has come out of this tremendous tragedy and I think one of them is a lot of friendships were made and a lot of people have been working hard to try to raise money and to try to raise awareness and just all sorts of things. You know, those they do those runs. I think it's in Waxahachie. Is that right, Renee? Yeah, for every yeah, year? I
1: believe that it, it was in Waxahachie the last time, and I think the the second time. But of course, you know, Renee, Renee Jones was one of her very good friends and she was also... The director of Camp Gladiator. And so I, I believe that um, she's from the Waxahachie area. I mean, I don't mean, you know, that's where she lives, but um, I know that that's where I believe she had classes and so forth. So that's where they, yeah. I think it's like downtown Waxahachie or maybe Getsendayner Park. One of the things.
0: And there was an and I don't even know if this is a separate one than that. I think it is. There was also one with the Salvation Army for Missy. Um Missy's
1: memory, another mm-hmm. one. Um or it might be the same one. Yeah, Salvation Army like, is also yeah. located in Waxahachie Um over off of uh I can't remember the street, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But that yeah, there is a Salvation Army in yeah. Waxahachie that may be where they had that one also. Yeah, that's really cool.
0: So, you know, people are, have been really rallying around this cause now for four, four years. And so, you know, the public hasn't forgotten about Missy. I know that law enforcement hasn't forgotten about Missy, but it's, it's so easy to slip into thinking that they have, but I really don't think that they have. I think this is weighing heavy on the local law enforcement every single day. Um, we haven't heard anything from the district attorney's office, but I have to hope that they're engaged as well. Um So is there anything we wanted to cover on this episode um, that we didn't, I know we wanted to recap and we wanted to dedicate it to
1: Missy's memory, but go ahead. I actually almost forgot this. I'm so glad I did. When I say it, you'll know what I'm talking about. The, um, okay. So the other day I was uh, doing what I always do and just searching around for things. And I found a post by Creekside church of Christ, the church where Missy was. And it's, it, there was a picture of a truck. And I don't know, I can't tell you what happened with this truck, but I can tell you that it was on October 22nd of 2013. They posted a picture of a truck, and it was in their parking lot. And this this person had to have done something because they posted three pictures. It was either three or four. And it, the vehicle on one one angle, like a camera caught it on one angle, and it you could see the truck, and it said, notice the dual tailpipes. OK, and then another picture was a completely different angle. And it said, notice um, the right side has a dent in it. And then another one. And it said, notice, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember the other one. But anyway, there was three or four different angles of this truck. And it had done something because they were saying, please share. They didn't go into details on the post of what had happened. But something had happened. But the interesting thing is, is that their surveillance camera caught this vehicle driving around their parking lot. And guess what? It was
0: outside. Yep. It, was outside. <laughs> it was not in, that truck was not inside. Exactly.
1: And it wasn't, you know, just in because I mean, it was different angles. So I don't know what had happened. If any, maybe anybody knows what happened, it was just, you know, just out of curiosity. Um, but, you know, like I said, the point of that whole thing is to say that the, their surveillance cameras on the outside of their parking lot caught this ca- this truck, on camera in several different directions which tells me that they had surveillance cameras around the church and the outside of the building so hmm that just makes you wonder why nothing was caught on the, other side of the yeah. church the morning of the other if thing. i
0: remember correctly that photograph you're talking about of the truck outside that the surveillance camera picked up at creekside in the parking lot wasn't that dated 2015
1: no it was 2013.
0: Oh, I thought it was 2014 or 15. I thought it was more no. recent. Okay. So apparently those, um, whoa, sorry. Uh, what? I'm sorry. I Googled Missy Beavers to see if I could find anything about the anniversary. I, I I and it's <laughs> and it's, and it's freaking started the video, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hang on. I just got to close the laptop out and how to make it stop. Okay. So anyway, um, sorry, I'm all distracted now. Um, oh, But so apparently that pickup truck photograph outside, you know, whatever that happened between Missy's murder, at some point in between, the outside surveillance camera stopped working. Um, You know, Tim reminded us that MPD had said that there was no evidence that the outdoor camera had been tampered with. But I mean... You know, MPD has said some misleading things, so we don't know if that's true or not. But, you know, I tend to think it probably just wasn't working because they just hadn't gotten around to fixing Mm -hmm. it. But, you know, we've all toyed with the idea of maybe the perpetrator knew to disengage it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, either ahead of time, a couple hours before. Maybe that's what the Nissan Altima was, you know, involved in or or maybe, um it just those cameras just weren't working you know so it's just really strange and that's something else about this case I always wanted to talk to the pastor of Creekside because if he would talk to us because surely he could answer that question he would know what was going on in his own church you know why was the camera not working how long was it not working was it simply did someone accidentally turn it off and never turned it back on or was it in need of repair and that was just sort of hadn't been done yet was it just a coincidence did it break that night i mean that day a week before i would just kind of like to know the history of why on earth was the out the indoor cameras were obviously working fine um we've got the perpetrator walking all over the church but what was going on with that outdoor camera you know we've never heard any kind of an answer on that the as far as we can tell, the media hasn't pressed and asked that question because when you hear an article about it or you see it in the news conference, no, the outdoor camera wasn't working. No one says why. Um, I mean, that would be my first question is well. Was it just simply in need of repair um, or had it been broken for a long time and it's not fixable and you just haven't replaced it? You know, I'm, I would really like to know what went on there. That's just kind of bizarre to have, cameras all over the inside of a building and but the outside camera not be operational that's a really important one to catch cars coming in and out catch vandalism catch all kinds
1: of stuff. yeah because if you you know that i mean that could be the the only obviously only key evidence that you get is is a license plate or a vehicle at least a close-up. because this vehicle that was on that camera you might not have been able to see the license plate but you could definitely tell it was a blue ford truck i mean clear as day so it was like and well yeah
0: and 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 then you get that state-of-the-art lab out in tarrant county or you get the fbi you know somebody would have some kind of enhancing software that could probably tell us what the um license plate is you know it's always miraculous the stuff that the the software can do so yeah i I, like you said there's so much stuff about this case that doesn't make sense to us and i really hope it does someday because then that will mean that we're really close to getting justice for missy but right now we have a big pile of
1: mysteries that is the truth i mean seriously it's like you just think that you know they had so much information and so much you know so much that the you know the video of the surveillance of the perpetrator and it blows your mind that you don't have anything with all of all of what you have equals nothing basically
0: oh and you know what else I was thinking I wanted to bring up on this episode and I should have run this by you earlier but it's 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 not anything we need to research we've talked about this enough but I thought it might be interesting to sort of talk about someone who was cleared and and it this was he was cleared in the news so I'm not bringing up a private citizen and smearing their name because this has already been in the public and it's been in, documented. But um, it was in the Waxahachie Light, I believe. Um, they had a perpetrator named, I'm sorry, <laughs> I said a perpetrator. They had a person who apparently there had been a lot of online rumors about. And he used to be a cop or he was working for the Dallas Marshall at the time of Missy's murder. And he actually was an acquaintance, I think, of Missy and Brandon. Don't really know a whole lot about him other than just a bunch of crazy rumors and stuff. But his name was Lyle Valentich. And he got some action in the Facebook groups as far as gossip goes. But and he, there were some pictures on his Facebook page, apparently, of him wearing tactical gear. But. MPD made it clear, look, don't look at don't look over here. There's nothing to see and this guy's been cleared. But, you know, I just felt like we should at least bring that up because I know a lot of pe- a lot of our listeners have asked us about him. They'll say, "What about that guy that moved to Ohio? He was a cop." So, you know, even though um, he was never apparently a serious person of interest, he did get mentioned in a publication. I believe it was the Waxahachie Light. We can We can link that for the listeners, but they cleared him. So it's kind of interesting how we have him being cleared, but you know, Casey Williams that we've talked about on a couple of other podcasts, we actually have search warrant. Oh, that's something else I wanted to mention. There's no search warrant activity on Lyle Valentech. I do not believe he was ever a serious candidate for this murder as far as law enforcement is
1: concerned. Yeah, I found the um, what do you it. It was uh, Walks the Hatch Daily Light, and it's um, dated January 14, 2017. Um, Andrew yes. Bronco was the, uh, the editor for it. It says, Midlothian Assistant Police Chief Kevin Johnson said a name that has been circulating online, Lyle Valentick, was considered a person of interest at one point. However, the tip, which was closed out months ago, did not materialize and Valentick was never considered a suspect. So. Now, wait a minute. Okay, so the article
0: said he was considered a person of interest at one yep. time. But then they later say he was never a suspect. Yeah, a
1: suspect. He was he was a person of interest, just somebody that I okay. guess maybe somebody called in a tip, so they were going to check it out, but they never materialized okay. into s- actual suspect.
0: Yeah, I gotcha. All right. Well, yeah. I the only reason I wanted to bring him up is we've had so many questions about him, and you know when people and uh, when enough people inquire about something, I feel like okay, we probably need to address that on a podcast episode. So, um, yeah, he was apparently not really an interest to the law enforcement in this case, but he had apparently gotten, there was a whirlwind of um, rumors surrounding him and probably just the Facebook groups, I would imagine. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'll read you this part, too, because this is kind of a... Uh, enlightening, I guess you could say, it says in general, I can say with a dozen of specific persons of interest that were called in, that we ran them through a variety of filters, which included the potential connection to the victim, which is important, or the church. Johnson said, obviously, their alibi at the time of the offense, their height, weight, background, and then with most of them, there were face-to-face interviews. So none of that really led to him become I, I guess they just made a typo here because it says, so none of that really led them. him, sorry, none of that led to him become more than just a person we had a tip on. They made a mistake there. But anyway, I was trying to read it correctly, but it was hard because I was reading the words. <laughs> anyway, no, I get it. That's
0: it cool. says Johnson. No, I'm glad you found it that quickly. It, it says
1: Johnson thing. said that tip was provided to police in May or June. So that would have been. I don't know if it would have been made in June of 2016 or 17, but anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to read it. Cause I, you know, sometimes, you know, especially me and you, we go through so many articles and so many different bits of information and it all just kind of starts running together.
0: <laughs> I am telling you
1: it sure does. But, um, but yeah, so
0: Lyle Valentech, we wanted to just kind of clear that up. He was apparently not actually any kind of a suspect, but, They did feel the need to publicly clear him because, you know, a bunch of stuff hit the fan. And it was when um, Alan Duke, um, there is a there was a podcast called Crime Online at the time, and it was Nancy Grace's podcast. And she did an episode where her sidekick, who I really like, his name is Alan Duke. I always think it's interesting when he speaks. um, He said he had spoken to Midlothian police and they had an ex-cop they're about to arrest. Well, obviously that didn't happen. That was like, what, two right. and a half years ago or something, but, or three years at this point almost. And um, anyway, I think what happened is all the gossip groups went bananas because they assumed it was um, Lyle Valentech. But in reality, it was probably the other suspect, Bobby Henry, that ended up, as far as we know, he's cleared. We don't really know. Um, MPD said he was also cleared, but I think that the public's perception of that podcast was that they were talking about Lyle Valentech and that's what started everyone down um, freaking out. And I think that that's why MPD felt the need to clear him publicly. That's just my guess looking at what happened during that. It case. is interesting
1: though that they basically cleared him and yet they say that they have will, ne- will not clear anyone until the, the, um, the case is solved. So I thought that was interesting, but I mean, I guess, I don't make yeah. the rules so <laughs> and you know
0: what I mean I was going to say you know obviously this the point of this podcast is to remember Missy it's the anniversary and then we also wanted to recap our last two um, guests but then I was also saying we could probably call this episode "Who what does it mean to be cleared because they have cleared a few people but then like you said they've also said no one's cleared you know So what does that mean? You know, it's, it's interesting. We get a lot of double talk and a lot of confusing things.
1: um, Whenever a a good question for retired um, homicide, uh, a retired police officer, um, any of those, you know, police people that work in the police departments, You know, if you know anybody who would be interested in being on our podcast, that would be a great question for them, because these are things we don't know, because neither one of us, you know, as much as I love criminal justice, I took all the classes in in college. Um, I really wanted to be an investigator, and then for some strange reason, I thought I had to be a police officer, and I didn't want any part of that. I don't want to be in a car going 100 unless I'm the one driving, and then I don't even want to do that. So i decided not to do it. So yeah. those are things that me and you don't know. We don't know the answers to those. But somebody who was in the, you know, in, you know, that type of work and that field, they would know the answers to most of these or a lot of these questions, or at least give us some insight. So if y'all know anybody who's in that field that would be interested in being on a podcast and answering some of these questions, please send them our way.
0: Well, you know what else is interesting is we have talked to some ex-cops, you know, and um, I had one tell me that they've never seen anything like this. The lack of communication from MPD really doesn't make any sense to him. So, um, you know, it, don't know. I, I think this case is a little bit different in the way it's being handled than most because you and I have watched so many cases unfold. And I don't remember seeing police be this tight-lipped um, about any case Um you know at least there's some kind of information you knew if the case was moving forward or not you knew even if they didn't tell you who the suspect was you knew if they were zeroing in on someone it's really strange it's almost like the media and law enforcement for this case are working together to be quiet which i don't think it's i really don't think it's that type of conspiracy i just think the media backed off a little more quickly than i would have liked them to but Yeah, it's really interesting.
1: I don't know what to make of
0: all this. But you um, know, um, another
1: thing that I thought about, and I've thought about this often, um, and this is just a whole, um, kind of not really a whole different aspect, but you remember a few years ago when someone, and I don't remember where this was posted, but maybe you will, because you are good about that, um, where someone posted, hey, um, such and such channel, you know, news, Fox Four, whatever, I don't know, um, is gonna be in Midlothian talking to people about the Missy Beavers case. Oh my gosh, I wanted to go so bad, but I couldn't because we were actually out of state at the time working. Um, I don't know, we were in Nebraska or Colorado or something. I don't know. So I couldn't go, but I wanted to go so bad. But you know, we've never heard anything about that. And I can't imagine that nobody showed up. So I'm just curious if any of our listeners ever or knew anybody who maybe attended that, you know, I'm just kind of curious what ever came of that, because that was a pretty good, pretty good idea yeah. to get people there and talking and, you know, hearing what people are saying, but literally it was mum's the word, you know, and I hadn't heard a word about it. Before. Yeah,
0: that's pretty weird. I don't know either. I know nothing about that.
1: Yeah, I'm just curious if anybody knows. Maybe somebody will give us some insight into that because I haven't heard any more about it. So I was just curious. But I think that would be a good way to to talk to people, you know, just to kind of round up some people at one time, you know, maybe for like an hour and just kind of get people's insight, you know, what people are thinking, what people are um, you know, their fears, their thoughts, you know, whatever. You know, I think it would be cool to do that again. I don't know if we could maybe find somebody else that would do that, but that would be neat. And this time I'll be there. <laughs> I'm sure you will be too <laughs>
0: yeah yeah no doubt no doubt um so did we have
1: anything else um no about? I think that's about it I I do want to say um I think and this is just again me thinking out loud and I haven't talked to, to you about it but that's okay we can just do it on air and let everybody hear it <laughs> but um maybe yeah, the next not. podcast um mm-hmm. since this is um the anniversary is her death we will. Um, the next one will maybe do a, another unsolved murder and, and, and take a break from her case just for you know one episode or something. Um, I mean, I, I know we talk about it a little bit anyway, especially if there's you know something to come up. But yeah, um, I, I think that would be a good a good time to to throw another unsolved case in there. So if anybody has any um, that they know about that they would like to talk about, let us know.
0: Yeah, and I was kind of thinking the Delphi case, since it gets brought up so much in conjunction with Missy's case, that might be a good one. to. there's a couple of parallels and we can go over that in the podcast or maybe save that one for next time I'm open. Totally. Oh, and I was going to say, please don't forget to contact us if you have any questions or answers to some of our questions that we've been asking on the podcast. Um, We'd love to hear from you, but I want to say if you're a pervert. please don't send us a message or a friend or don't follow us on instagram i am i mean how many perverted things oh have God, we believed
1: ridiculous. lately it's ridiculous i mean it's like first of all they're not even sending the <laughs> correct gender to us they're sending us like females and we're like okay true crime broads we don't want female things i mean we don't want anything but we're just saying you're not even getting it right so go away <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so please if you're a pervert just keep moving okay <laughs> we want to hear from our true our actual listeners yes we yep. want to hear from you but yeah and uh, that's been interesting on instagram it's like a rash i guess everyone's <laughs> on quarantine and
1: whatever crazy
0: stuff you're prone to and do it's you're gonna weird,
1: it up, they, know, they just flock to one you know social media platform it's so strange it's like facebook we haven't had any problems we haven't had any problems on twitter But I mean, Instagram, they're just coming in. I'm like, what is happening? Like every day, it's like, do you click on this, you know, this link and and I'll show you. uh, No, you're not going to show me anything. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh, so nerve wracking. It's like, come on. But yeah, I know we both had to do our share of deleting stuff. It's just been stupid
0: oh I know it's been so funny but um a little comic relief and a really oh, sad yeah. case every have, and then. a little bit um but does but yeah for our listeners if you have any questions if there's anything you want us to cover we're here for you guys we're here to keep messy's memory alive and and hopefully bring some attention to her case and I'm really hoping that people out there like you know like the John Kelly's like the joseph scott morgan's and people like that are getting interested in the case and you know joseph scott morgan already was interested in the case i think you mentioned earlier he was on a miss uh, a nancy grace episode about missy beavers during the first year that she was murdered so you know his interest level was already there we're getting john kelly seems to be really interested in the case now and we're hoping to see some content from him on the case um, in the future. And, you know, we just want to keep that momentum going. We don't like the way that Missy kind of stopped being covered in the media. We don't like that at all. So we're taking um, this alternative media opportunity we have here called podcasting to hopefully get some attention on Missy and her case. And um, we're open to suggestions and would love to hear from any of you that have any ideas or know anyone right. Who might be able and to
1: and you know the the thing to keep in mind is, and, and we say this every time, but it's just I guess one of those things that you have to keep reminding people. Just like some of the crazy nonsense that's been happening with this coronavirus, you know, don't take your gloves off and throw them on the ground. Take them with you, you know, kind of like that. But don't <laughs> take this stuff to real life. You know, you can't just go out there and start, you know number one, you can't start accusing somebody. I mean, we might all speculate, but we don't get on the internet and say, X, Y, Z did it. You know, this person did it. Y'all need to pay attention. I mean, that's just not a good idea because you can actually get sued for that if that causes that person to lose anything like a job or a family member or, you know, anything. You don't want to do that because again, how would you feel if you did accuse somebody and they're 100%, you know, innocent but and you start making people, you know, because... I'm one of those people that if somebody accused of somebody of murder, I mean, I wouldn't just take off, but I would be like, whoa, what's going on here? And I would be speculating and getting a little nervous, you know, I'm sure everybody would be. That's,
0: that's about the darn, that's got to be the worst thing you could accuse someone of. So, yeah. Um, And that's why on True Crime Rods, we're very careful to stick to the public records when we are saying uh something that's a rumor we point out that it's a rumor and um, we simply don't know what's going on in this case we don't know who the number one suspect is we can we can follow where the evidence leads us where the information leads us but at the end of the day we really and truly don't know what's going on behind the walls of midlothian police department so we really try to not editorialize here on the air and try to just bring forward the facts um, about, you know, who we think could have done this and and why. And I'm sure there's not a why. There's never a reason to kill anyone. I hate to say why, but, you know, what could possibly be a motive for something this horrific? So we bounce this stuff around constantly and we'll continue to do so until this
1: case is solved. So. Exactly That's right. We 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 do look forward to everybody's input too, and I know we've said that, but it's it's really good to get people's feedback and their questions and things like that. And you know, Crystal, thinking about uh, speaking of that, I think that there was someone I have no idea why that just made that noise, um, but there is there was somebody, Barry, um, who sent us a um, question that he wanted us to go over, and it was right about the time that Joseph Scott Morgan and John Kelly. Was going to be uh, a guest on our podcast. So I think we need to go back and and check and see what it was that he wanted to, what his question was. I mean, I don't know if you know what it is or did you see it?
0: Oh, and for the listeners, that's a different Barry yes. than the uh, physical therapist we were talking about earlier. Barry is one of the people that we've met in the groups and kind of befriended over the years. And you know what? I do remember him now making a list. So let's pop that out on the next episode. Yeah, that's so we, w- we wanted to,
1: to apologize for, for missing um, that uh, question. Because like I said, it was literally, if I remember right, seeing it, it was like the day before we did those two podcasts. And we kind of had to throw those together quickly. So we will, yeah, we'll do that on our next one.
0: Sounds like a plan. Well, I think that we we paraded our adult ADHD out for everybody to see this episode. (laughs) So we were just all over the place. That's okay. I don't know how we're going to think of a title for this one. We're just going to it the anniversary. (laughs) There's no way to contain all the rambling, but um. But if anyone wants to make some suggestions, pop on and talk to us. Perverts, stay away. And um, we will look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Good
1: night.